Today we are talking to Noah, the CTO of Variable, and we discuss the CTO's role in product growth, representing your brand by plugging yourself in as a thought leader. And we provide the answer to the question everyone is dying to know. Will Elon Musk continue on his path of greatness or will he end up an evil overlord that rules us all? All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So, so what's on your mind? Variable? Yeah, yeah. So variable. So, what what is variable? Um, we we have built a marketplace for on-demand labor for manufacturing. So you could think of us like Uber meets Tinder meets LinkedIn for the blue collar network. Oh, I like that. Uber, Tinder, LinkedIn. For sure. So, you know, manufacturing plants have strict budgets and strict capacities and we're helping them solve their, uh, their um, capacity problems by making them more flexible. Yeah. When I was reading about what you do, I just thought to myself, this is absolutely brilliant. Thanks, man. I'll I'll pass those kudos on to my uh, my co-founder. He was the the original carrier of the idea, Mike Kinder. And then how'd you meet Mike? So um, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Ryland Barnes, who is a successful tech entrepreneur around here in DFW, uh, longtime friend of mine as well, one of my best friends in college, and um, and we were in, in each other's weddings and such. And um, he actually introduced us. He grew up with Mike and uh, went to college with me and knew I was looking to kind of be a technical, you know, co-founder, do the startup thing, give it a shot. Um, but I'd also, you know, done some time in um, supporting manufacturing. Uh, and I actually worked in a manufacturing plant as a, as a college kid too. Um, so, you know, my partner, Mike had this, had this idea and, um, knew Ryland, we got hooked up and, uh, Mike was, a has spent a lot of time in manufacturing and in consulting from strategy standpoint for manufacturing plants. And so we pitched the idea to me and, like yeah that makes too much sense not to do let's do it so then how did you get how did it get started so you meet mike ryland introduced you guys you have this awesome concept and then where do you go from there you get the money develop a business like how did how did you go about it sure sure it's a great great question um because i think every every startup has a different story there um so we we jumped right in and started building a prototype so i have an before variable, or actually at the same time, I still have it. Uh, I have a, a development agency called TouchTap, and um, so what we what we did was was jumped in and um, started using my my resources in TouchTap to build out the prototype. So we formed the company in May 2016, and um, and then we built the kind of prototype over the summer. Um, and then uh, decided to go full time with Variable at that point uh, after the summer. So it was about September, October timeframe. Um, <clears throat> Mike decided to step away from from his full time job and me to put sort of touch tap uh, on the autopilot, uh, so to speak. And um, we started to do a little bit of seed fundraising at that point. Uh, friends and family. Uh, uh, Mike, Mike sort of spearheaded all that. I contributed where I could um, while still building the rest of the product. Um, once we once we started to get our seed funding, we built a team. Uh, the early team was six people, 
and um, <clears throat> primarily tech people. Uh, we started to uh, finish out the product. We launched the product in February of 2017, um, which was uh, mobile apps and uh, a website for the platform and uh, sort of piloted the uh, product through April, which was basically the end of our runway for our funding. Um, and then started uh, fundraising for our next round and closed that round out in um, May, late May, early June, and expanded the team. So now where we're at, we are, um, we're in DFW in Texas. And then we're also, we also have a, a, a team in Houston uh, supporting the Houston market. So growing pretty rapidly. There's about um, 16 to 18 of us now, 18 actually on the team total. So uh, rock and rolling. That's awesome. So when did you get your first dollar from someone? That's, that's, that's more than acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but I was on site that day, um, which is, which is interesting. Um, Totally interesting and totally fun. So our first um, op is what we call it. So that's what we call our, our jobs or work opportunities. We call them ops. And our first op um, was at a a small logistics company, kind of about 30 minutes from the office. And um, we went on site and uh you know made sure the the guys were all set up and we actually helped them do some of their work to kind of you know feel through how the process went and sat on site all day with the uh the manager and helped them work through learning how to use the tool and uh he loved it and it was super simple and uh he posted more work after that so uh yeah february was the uh the first transaction the first dollar and before that you had the supply of humans right yes so we started uh that's a great question we started recruiting uh, the supply of on the labor side, which we call the operators, um, we started recruiting that uh, in December. So December, January, and then through early February, we had been recruiting. Um, and by the time we launched two businesses, we had about 300, 400 operators. Wow. So these people, this is in this industry, this part time. So this is how this industry works then. Uh, it's not actually, which is, which is interesting. It, it, most people think of manufacturing as, okay, I got to hire a full-time person. Um, it's, it's an old, sort of an old hat kind of industry. It's a, has an older mentality about labor. So they're not, they're not in the know of the, you know, the value of on-demand labor or shared labor pools. And that's something we actually have to educate, uh, them when we, you know, approach them and sort of tell them how, how this can help their bottom line. So are you doing content marketing sort of like propaganda to put out there so that these, that they see that information? We, we are doing some of that. That's something we're actually paying a lot of attention to right now. Um, you know, starting to dabble in, you know, building videos, white papers, um, you know, landing pages, uh, to, to get the word out there to kind of get little snippets of information. So, and so people can understand the concept visually. Uh, and, and from the, the words that we're putting out there, the content. Um, so that, that's something that we hadn't been able to pay a lot of attention to, uh, just cause we were focusing primarily on the product, but now we're kind of in a place where we're like, okay, let's really put some, you know, put some legs behind how we're delivering our message. Yeah. So you have Mike on the business side of things, you on the product and the business, you know, the product and the business too, right? He's your co-founder. Right. Correct. And then do you have that third co-founder that's the marketing person? So we don't have a marketing person. Um, I have a little bit 
of, or I am, a, I wouldn't call myself a marketing professional, but I have a, a little bit of uh, exposure to the marketing world, I would say. Um, and, and a little bit of that uh, artist side that comes with the marketer. So the, the marketer in, in the relationship is me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, so I'm actually taking over that, that portion of it. Yes. Yeah, so you're you're creative. Part. You create things. I mean, you own a des- development. I mean, you're a creator at heart, man. That's right. Yeah, and all marketing is, is all you can do in life is try things and test them and see what works and do more of it. And so as long, if you have the creativity and you can generate those things, and then you have the ability to follow through and execute on the actual testing and figuring out which one works, then you win. For sure. So are you going to, are you going to bring in a product person to, I had a call yesterday. It wasn't a podcast call. It was a call from London, really smart guy. And he, his team's growing. They do these handmade letters, right? And Mm -hmm. they have, they have a, I think they're about the same size as you and people and his development team is in another country. And what he had done was in the act of scaling to get to his next level with him and his co-founder, he was, he was the product owner, essentially CTO, which is very, very common, right? Cause we usually are super involved, write it and then grow it. And then it gets to a point where we're like, we need to bring in a product manager. For sure. So what happened was, is he brought the product manager on to the team. But what he did was, is he put, he hired that person in the country where the development team worked and So it wasn't working out for him. And so we were talking about why. And the reason why is you need that person, if you, for you to feel comfortable and for it to effectively work for you to push a task off of your plate onto someone else so you can scale, because that's what we do as founders, right? Yeah. That person has to, you have to look them in the eyes like on a regular basis. You have to be constantly seeing them. So when he put that, although he hired for the role, he doesn't have the the reality of letting go of that responsibility, therefore his problem didn't get solved. So he decided he's going to move that uh, position in-house so he can walk up and talk to that person and look at them in the eye and like, you know, make sure that they understand and communicate clearly. And that way he can let go of the product more. Right. No, you, you, that's so totally awesome that he's doing that. I mean, and you're totally right. I mean, that, that position, if it's, if it's someone that's not emotionally linked to the, to what's going on in the business, then it's, it's essentially a project manager. You know, you're, you're essentially just just you know laying out a roadmap and and executing on the roadmap. If you if you're not there feeling it or feeling the market's responses or feeling the founders' responses or the customers' responses, then um, you know and sort of being in the mix of the blood, sweat, and tears, you, you can't. I, I agree. I don't think you can manage the product, which is why I think CTOs are great product managers. But it's it's hard to. It's hard to do it all. They're great product managers until the point where they need to bring in a product manager so that they can focus on the next stage of growth. (laughs) Right. Right. So we were talking about this. I think we've had this conversation a a handful of times, so I'm not sure if on air, right? Because I I do all these micro calls with CTOs in between the show calls. So sometimes Uh I forget about which ones I talk about on the show, which ones I'm talking about uh, on the phone. So (laughs) You're a busy man. Yeah. Oh man, you have no idea. I'm up 5:30 now. It was 6:30, but I switched it to 5:30 because my team started coming in a little earlier, and I was like, "There, there's no way they're not getting to jump on me, right?" <laughs> hey, you got so, a good team. Then. I do, I do. So, yeah, it's just that ability to be able to um, 
for the CTO, you have to constantly, and you know this because you live it, you have to constantly be adjusting what you're doing as the growth occurs, right? Because you're not, mm-hmm. if you write that code on that first app, you're not writing code when you have 40 people and $10 million, right? That's right. So you're constantly figuring out what works and cloning yourself, finding someone, okay, I write the code's written well, it's tested, it's written like this. Let me go find someone to write code exactly like this so it's done right and I know it's done right. You build trust with that person, you understand that they're going to do it, they start performing consistently and then you can start fading them out, right? Because they've proven to you that they can consistently perform and so now you're like, all right, that thing's running, that system's on autopilot and producing the code and then you go farther up the stack and build a team around them and and then you end up doing the product manager thing where now you're not even talking with those lead developers every day. You now have a product manager that's working with them and you're kind of, you know, bridging that gap and doing that handoff process for a couple months of making sure that that product manager is working. And you're like, okay, so now my system's stable. I've got my foundation, my developer, I got my product manager. And then now I can go focus on the, the next, the next level of business. And usually that's like a, it, it will depends on the situation, but often if you have like a marketing co-founder or if you're going to do marketing, that's cool. Uh, but if, if you have that person, then I guess the next step uh, after pro, uh, product managers would be now to represent your brand more publicly through conferences, speaking engagements, producing content, and developing relationships with other CTOs that you can leverage to grow your business. Yeah, for sure. I think you're right. I think you start becoming, start trying to plug yourself in as a thought leader and, um, and, and yeah, representing your brand there. That that makes, that makes total sense. And you know, like the, you touch on the whole team building thing too. That's something that's traditionally, I guess, I don't say harder for a CTO or, or, or a technical type person, but it's a, it's a little bit different. Uh, If you look at kind of the stereotypes for, you know, tech people, we're introverted. We like to code. We like to sit and, and, with our headphones on and, and create stuff, which is awesome. And that's true. Uh, I'm totally an introvert. Um, I, I tend to not come off like an introvert, but uh, so like that team building, like that relationship stuff where people trust you and want to work for you, want to like take on the tasks that you give them is it is so important as a CTO and as a leader. Uh, so to get to that next level, it's like, it's the critical glue that, that maybe we don't talk about as much. Yeah. Well, I, I totally agree. Anything you do the first time is hard because you don't have lots of experience. And then even the second and third time, it's not like autopilot easy. You have to do stuff three, five times, get some real experience doing it. And then, then you start to feel some comfort, um, comfort in, in the process you've developed and you can lean on your experience. So, I mean, the first couple times doing a startup uh, or building a team, sorry, not doing a startup, building a team, uh, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. 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 No doubt. No, like you, you learn a lot. Yeah. Like you've done many projects. You've been doing this for over a decade and this project's now like really, really taken off. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's been lots of, lots of different things that, that I've done over the past decade. You know, I, I worked in corporate America for many, many years while still developing software on the side, doing contract work things and, um, so I could see a lot of different types of teams, lots of different types of approaches to problems, um, you know, from enterprise standpoint, from a build versus buy, um, you know, <clears throat> um, type of conversations. And 
you know, the, I, I, I supported or part of my team was uh, supporting infrastructure as well. It wasn't software. It was like virtualization and, and supporting manufacturing plants. So I got to see a lot over the past past 10 years and, and got to learn a, a ton, which I'm incredibly grateful for. Yeah, I saw your experience with like SCADA and different sort of physical devices um, listed in your bio. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, it's it's totally awesome. We got to work really closely with the, the engineering team when I worked at Alcon and supported their SCADA machines, pronounced SCADA uh, or maybe SCADA. I'm just not sure. We always call it SCADA. Um, but uh, well, yeah, I'm good at messing. I'm, I'm good at like just saying the wrong thing and then being corrected. I, I love that. <laughs> I'm good at that. Yeah, because everyone has their own way. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I, I was I was butchering you because there's all the like the scrums and there's all everyone has an acronym and all that stuff. And oh, man, I was butchering. Oh, there's a couple technical words that I've butchered for a long time. And then I was speaking in front of a group and everyone's like, I see their eyes going and <laughs> like, oh, man, am I doing that right now? Am I the one doing that? <laughs> no, but you just got to go for it. You're right. Just, just go for it. If you're going to, if you're going to get it wrong, just, just get it really wrong. Get it really like it's scatter. And what, what is it really? <laughs> Skata. Oh, it's, you know, it's right there too. It's like skata. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how crazy I was being, but it's skata. There we go. <laughs> yeah, totally cool. I really enjoyed my, my time doing that at Alcon. And I got to, I got to also, you know, get an in-depth knowledge of manufacturing um, you know, not only just the, the processes and the engineering, but, um, the budgeting, the, the quality aspect, the people aspect, the, the planning and how, you know, constricted the restraints are, uh, and the constraints are, uh, that's what I love. Constraints is a better word. Um, but you know, that, that really fueled a lot of my excitement for variable and, and for what we're doing here, because I, I sort of felt it firsthand and saw the, the, uh, you know, survival uh, mentality of, of every manufacturing plan I supported. So we, we had Don Pulaski on and we had a couple other, um, really interesting CTOs and we started this little trend popped up from manufacturing where there's these things, a book or this concept called like lean manufacturing principles. Uh huh. Right. Have you heard this? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So it's, it was news to me. And, um, <laughs> is it lean? Is that how we say it? No, it's lawn. It's lawn. No, lawn so, so, yeah, it's scatter. Uh, it's, it's, it's All right. Scatalon. Scatalon uh, processing manufacturers. Of course, of course, of course. So, <laughs> so they took these lean manufacturing principles and Don read this book on it. And then he's applying it to programming and like his, his development team and then he's having success with it and his team's really pumped about it. And then so I connected those people and now I'm like, now I got to connect you in that group. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to be connected in that. Yeah, it sounds like he's a, read some interesting stuff. That, that would be really interesting to hear how he, how he used that. I mean, I could see how he used it from a process standpoint and development, but it would be interesting to hear his stories there. Yeah, we, when he replied back and they started talking in the email chain, we said what we should do is we should have like a lean manufacturing a group episode, and then we'll have you, Don, and Jake. Do you remember the episode name of of the guy? Was awesome. He's in Atlanta. Jacob. Yeah, he's in Atlanta. He does stored right. Okay, and he does. So what they do is um, 
and he was a Forbes 30 under 30, right? So what they do is they take the third-party warehouses, have extra space, and then they basically sell the space, have a network that sells the space, but they also do some analytics to improve these warehouses storage. And it's like the company's called Stored, S-T-O-R-D. And uh, really cool company. And Jacob's a really cool guy. So oh, that's cool. I'd love to meet him. It sounds like we're playing in the same spaces. Right. And he's on our time. Are you, what time is Texas on? You're an hour behind us. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah right. We're, we're central time. Yeah. So he's just in Atlanta. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I'd love to connect with him. Yeah. You know, my family, uh, my dad's side of the family, there's only about 80 of them over there right now, is <laughs> from Lubbock. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Windy, windy Lubbock. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I like it out there. It's the, the weather's good and uh, lots of land. <laughs> yeah. Lots of wide open spaces out by Lubbock. <laughs> yeah. We do the four wheeling stuff. They have like a ranch and then we go out there and ride the four wheelers. It's a lot of fun. Totally. Have you driven by the, the, it's a, a bit South of Lubbock, uh, but have you driven by all of the, the wind generators, the, the wind power generators? Oh, it's amazing. The fields. Oh, it's totally. like, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I love them. I love, I love driving by those. Every time I see like a 18 wheeler, you know, pulling one of those, uh, one of the pr- propeller, you know, wings or whatever, it's probably not the right word, but, uh, they're so huge and I always point it out to my wife and she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know you're, you're interested in that. You really like those. <laughs> she gets tired of me talking about them. Yeah. The propeller we'll call them. Pro- yeah. They're, they're propellers, right? They propel. We'll, we'll sure. just say, we'll, we'll just pretend it's propellers. Yeah. Right. They're, they're scattered driven propellers and yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> built with Leon <laughs> manufacturing principles. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um, <laughs> uh, there's, we're having this guest on the show who. Uh, really cool. They build these drones and they will actually fly the drones and they go inspect, they'll like inspect those devices, right? So like you have a wind farm and instead of somebody going around and physically like climbing up on the wind farm and stuff, they'll have these drones go and, and they'll inspect the industrial equipment at like a large scale. It's very smart. What an efficiency, right? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's a very intelligent intelligent move there. It'd be fun to work on. Right. Cause now when you detect the, when you notice like, Oh, there's a crack in the propeller or whatever. Right. Then you send a person out there versus having a person go climb up on every single one. For sure. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I was, I was like, that's, that's actually, I'm a little bit upset about that. <laughs> like what a <laughs> smart idea. And like all the technology was just there. Like all you had to do is go buy a drone and like set up shop and be like, yeah, instead of sending 40 people out to go climb these things up all day, we're just going to send the drone. Like everyone just opens up their pockets and it's like, please, please take our money. Right. Like <laughs> totally. I, there's so many ideas where I'm like that. I'm like, yeah, that was a really smart idea. Why didn't I think of that? What was I doing? Well, that was being, that idea was being generated. Right. Like we had one yesterday we came up with, um, in real time. So have you seen the brain scan readers that you can buy for like 300 bucks and you can make a, like, if you think up the character in the video game jumps up, if you think run the character runs, have you seen this? No, I haven't. Okay. So there's like, they've been around for a couple of years. There's probably about four or five companies that make them and you could buy them two, 300 bucks. They send you a software development kit and the device. You put it on your head and you think up and it goes, and then you can control this little character on the screen or a ball. And then you can, they ha- it, it, that's like a hello world sample app for it, you know? Sure. <clears throat> so you can build games and do all sorts of unique stuff with it. And I thought to myself, oh, we need to 
buy one of those and then buy a drone that's you know that comes with a software development kit that's made for developers right buy a drone buy one of those and then hook them together so i can fly the drone around the office with my mind there you go perfect while you're podcasting while, while i'm podcasting yeah so what i'm doing is here here we go jake we're gonna make it a little bit better you ready for this noah you guys pumped ready. up all right here's the business ready. all right here's what it does i start thinking of the angle of the shot that i want of me like while we're talking and the drone goes and gets like positions itself from that and like transitions there you go done done yeah. take my money yeah done. well you know you ever see a um uh like an anchor man or, or one of the movies where they show you behind the scenes of what it's like at a media company, like when they're in the back room and they have like the 40 shots up on the screen, you have the person calling out like which shot and stuff like that. For sure. And then you have a, another person who's like actually transitioning the shot eventually. Well, right now we could just hook it up with like an Alexa, right? That way it's, you don't have to have the person actually hit the button. You can get whatever shot you want, but you could take it a step farther, hook it up with your mind. Now you don't have to say words. There you go. Boom. Done done <laughs> and then like out of nowhere you have to use the bathroom and like the camera just starts going everywhere because it can't read your brain waves and <laughs> it just <laughs> just goes nuts oh man yeah. i love technology so here's a good here's a good one for you does musk i'm in a fun mood today i'm like i'm ex, i'm really excited we were working on like money stuff this morning as a team and we're gonna do this thing where we go around to uh like new york because or a, another big city, maybe like Austin or Dallas or something. We've made friends from the show in all these cities. And what we're going to do is we're going to go around and we're going to put to get like, do like a panel at an incubator, right? So nice. we're going to put like three CTOs or like two CTOs and a marketing person or an investor, like, and, and then go to an incubator and give a talk and do like a panel and let people like ask questions and stuff like that. And we're going to do a little modern CTO tour going to our, going to our different cities. Sweet. Oh, that's going to be totally cool. Yeah. So when we come to your city, you're in, you're in Dallas. That's where you said you drive an hour, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a DFW. I, I call it DFW home uh, and it's enormous, but uh, yeah, I drive in about an hour, but uh, my office is in Dallas. Yeah. That's for all the non-Texas people. That's, that's Dallas, Fort Worth, right? <laughs> Just very large area in a very large state. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So we'll come to like whatever the hotspot is around there. Is there a good tech community there? Yeah, I mean, there is, it's, you know, it's, it's not, you know, Silicon Valley or whatnot, but it's a growing passionate uh, startup community. And I'm actually pretty connected in with the, one of the, the influencers in that community. So yeah, we could get you hooked up. Let's do it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get you, you'll be one of the panel guests and we'll get the, the influencer that's local, right. And we'll put it together and we'll come out and it'll be awesome. I was actually talking about this last night with my, with my wife, the, 18 year olds, 16 year olds, the 18 year olds, the 21 year olds that are wanting to do these companies. Like we've done the work, Noah, <laughs> we've put yep. in the time we have acquired the experience. And so I was thinking, I was like, Oh, you know what? We're only in our thirties. Right. Or at least I am. So I was thinking about that. I was like, what, what, what value do we have to bring to them? And I'm like, we have a ton of value because if I were 18, I would go listen to someone speak who has 10, 15 years more experience than me at this because I want to get better. Totally. That's, that's where we are in the, in the, in the experience chain right now, you know, and you're right. You're talking about the 18 and 20, 21 year olds. Uh, if you're talking about Dallas too, SMU is right around here and they have a really great like 
you know, coding boot camp. They have a lot of entrepreneurial kind of kind of ventures that go on, some startup like hackathon things that they do. Um, so that might also be cool to link in with them. Um, but you're right. I mean, totally. I would do that too. I would I would eat that up. Yeah, you know, I would say. You know, someone asked me once what what would be my advice to my younger self, and I'd be like, start now. Don't don't wait. <laughs> Just start start doing the things now. Aw, well, that's the last question of this. Now you listen to the show. That's how come you know it. <laughs> He's like, I'm preparing for that CTL podcast. Joel's not going to get me with this Elon Musk time machine. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Oh, I totally cut that question off. I'm sorry, man. Well, you can ask it. I'll, I'll phrase it more elegantly. Oh, no, I'm a better host than that. I'm going to get you with something else, my friend. Uh, I'm ready. Does Musk, we're taking bets now, does Musk make it uh, as his goal of making us an interplanetary species, does Musk succeed? Good question. Um, Because nobody knows the answer to that. So this is all speculative. I think, I think that, I don't know if he succeeds or not. I I think that he gets closer than anybody else does. I don't know if he succeeds or not. I think he is so set on succeeding that if he were like 80 something, if he felt like he was on his like last days and he hadn't made it yet that he would send himself in the rocket just to say that he did it. <laughs> You're probably right. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's the, uh, that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's just going to take a long time to get to, if, if that's possible, it's going to take a long time to get to that, that place. Here's why, here's why I think it will. I'll just play the other side because that's, I'll just do that. Right. Yeah. 110 years ago, we didn't even really have electricity. Right. Like your house, houses did not have electricity. It was just now coming about, or that's like 130 years ago. Then about, you know, I'd say 80 years ago, we started getting like the AC and the movie theater, stuff like that. Right. And right. then, cause if you go up North, it was amazing. The first time I went to Buffalo, I was like, no one has AC. How do you live your life? Cause I live in Florida and like AC is every single day we're touching the controls. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. They don't even have it. And it's crazy. It's blows. The houses don't, they're not built with them. They don't have them. So uh, it was just my, it was, it, it took a second for me to comprehend the situation. Right. So, (laughs) so we do so much and so fast. And then there's like that famous picture of like the times square, like 1919 and 1920 or 1918, where one picture, it's all horses and the other picture, it's all cars in one year. Right. And then we kind of like, it is not a steady progression up it's the exponential hockey curve, right? Because we didn't have a smartphone until a decade ago. And now if you go, have you seen the Instagram videos of the robots, like nimbly running around with human like agility? I have seen some of that, some of that stuff. Uh, I think most, the most recent thing I saw was the old Saudi Arabia robot citizenship thing. Yeah. Right. I've seen the agility thing. Yeah. It's a little creepy. Oh, they've got these robots that are like animal looking like dogs and stuff. And they run with the agility of like, like an animal, like they're, it's crazy, man. That's yeah. That's totally crazy and freaky. Yeah. <laughs> they have like the videos you walk up, you push them over and they like auto balance and get back up. Like you totally put them on their back and they do this little maneuver and they get back up and they don't skip a beat. And then here's what really got me. Right. So I started, I try to pay attention to this, this emerging technology as part of like, well, they're really cool talking points, right? <laughs> sure. Yes. So it's like material for the show, which is great. Right. So I'm, I'm paying attention to this. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Well, you know, only Boston dynamics, you know, billion dollar plus Google 
Alphabet or something sell off. That they're the only ones with that technology, right? Like even if you had the motors and stuff put together, the intellectual property of those devices would be so you know difficult to recreate. You're only gonna have well, all that stuff's the open source community got a hold of it. And when you get seven billion people working towards one thing, it's kind of crazy, right? Or oh. even a thousand. So now what happened is last week, I'm like, oh, you know, same old, same old, same old. Boom, catches my eye, open it up. I see a 16, 18-year-old guy who just at home, YouTube video, very poor quality style, you know, YouTube video, just off his cell phone. He had purchased all the motors, couple hundred bucks put it together the software is all like open source apparently and he's showing his version of the same bossing dynamics thing that they made and that's when i was like "Uh oh <laughs> that just got real real it just quick. got real the fact that like if i had two or three months of spare time with no income required <laughs> if i if i was 16 again let's just put it put it like that. And I bought those motors and I got those open source projects and put them together and started and built that like, dude, a poor government could do that. Right. Like you could, they could just build an army of them and put little lasers on their face. I'm not like trying to scare anyone or anything like that. I'm just, when the, when the technology becomes so available and open, it, it's really interesting to see what will happen next. No doubt. Yeah. It, it's either, it's interesting. Yeah. Totally interesting. Cause it either amplifies, I feel like it either amplifies the good and it well, not either or it amplifies the good and can amplify some, some bad, some evil as well. So like you, like you said, you get the small government that wants to take over the world and they build a bunch of robots and then we're all hosed. Right. Luckily some of them can't even get rockets off the ground. <laughs> so <laughs> We're true. okay for a couple of years, maybe. So are you, are you, what are your thoughts other than you speaking at our little modern CTO thing that we're going to be doing and doing a and a thing, uh, other than that, which you've already committed to. Uh, <laughs> Did I sign something? I okay, yeah, cool. yeah, you signed up for the SCADA topic. So uh, you'll be answering <laughs> all the questions on that. Um, what's, I'm in. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on you doing conference speaking? Like you getting out there and talking about how you solve the problem from a technology perspective to technology people. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I would, I mean, I'd love to do that. I've, I've started to explore that a little bit, um, you know, and kind of lay out, uh, sort of a, a plan to kind of be a part of that. Um, I haven't, you know, taken action yet. I kind of, you know, we're, we're in a place where we're pushing pretty hard here at variable to, yeah. to grow this business to the, basically the next, uh, the next level. And then, you know, when we get to that point, there might be some, some more time to focus on that and maybe, you know, go do some speaking and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm totally interested. I'd, I'd love, I love to mentor, um, younger developers. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I, I love to, to sort of share my knowledge and I really get excited when people get excited about, you know, something either that I'm talking about or something that they're learning. Um, so I'm, I'm totally, totally interested in stuff like that. The emails you'll get from all the students thanking you for your information and advice and that you'll get these well, these emails. I'm not kidding you, man. You go talk, right? To these, We're going to go talk to these these kids, maybe these CS students, maybe at the college or get the incubators involved and local influencer involved. I, I'm telling you, it will happen. It does happen. Absolutely. You're going to get emails from these people. Be like, I heard you talk and I took a piece of your advice and it really worked. And it's changed everything and you're the best like that happens for sure no that's that's totally what it's what it's all about too 
right? That's what makes it, it makes it totally worth it just to, I mean, to help the next generation. You know, I, I don't know if you have and anybody on your list that like, that you remember, like when you were coming up and learning and, and school or, or anybody where you're like, yeah, that person really helped me a lot. I've got, I've got a handful of professors that I recall um, that I, I would even put on my resume today. I still keep in loose contact with them uh, that, that really helped change the way I think about the space and really kind of maybe not took a chance on me, but took a moment to be like, Hey, do this. And that will, this will help your, the thing you're doing. No, that's like the, we're meant to do life together. We're built like a Bluetooth emergency system where we all have to be really close in order for the information to travel. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so sure. I, that's what popped into my head. I can't help it. And, and so those people, like no one gets anywhere by themselves. You could not do variable without your amazing team. We could not produce the show without our team. And that's just how life goes. We're built to need each other. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So those people, of course, they're numerous. They're the people who I have all the gratitude in the world for, for helping me out and, and getting me to where, um, get me up each stage. Cause it's like this constant video game where you have to be constantly leveling up. Right. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, definitely. You know, it's the communal community aspect and, and from from my my place of, of faith, I believe that's how how our creator made it uh, was that to where for us to need each other. So so Jake Jake has a, a question, and we'll wrap it up and instead of the the time machine question. Jake wants to know: um, Will Elon Musk ultimately end up good, or will something happen and he become an evil ruler slash overlord? <laughs> uh, this is an interesting interesting question um predictive of elon musk being an evil overlord that's tricky because i think it could oh man it could go multiple ways there i would say i want to believe i'm a believe the best in people kind of guy which gets me in trouble sometimes but um i want to i want to believe the best so i'll believe that he's he's going to stay good um, but at the same time, I could totally see him being an evil overlord as well. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to believe the best in him though. Come on, come right. on, Musk. You can do it. Stay, stay good. I'm going to cheer him on too, just out of my own selfish survival instincts. <laughs> Let's all believe he's good, right? Let's just all like everyone get together and just focus on him being very, very, very good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everybody stay on his good side. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> okay. So dude, thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank you for, for inviting me. This is totally fun. I was, I was, to- I'm totally honored to be a part of it and, uh, totally was uh, flabbergasted to get your email. So thanks for reaching out. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.